show. Obviously, you're not a golfer. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken! Fuck that shit! Pops, blue ribbon! You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. Money, 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 money! I drink your milkshake! I drink it up! Son of a bitch. Stole mine. You're a cantaloupe. <laughs> Live, coming at you hot. This is WTM. Watch this movie. I am Eric Mulder. So he says, wrecked him, damn near killed him. Joining me today is Mr. Positivity. Brett, how are you? It's been a while. It has. Might see me on the on the tweets. On the tweeters? On the tweeters. At Positively Wolf one <laughs> Plugging the show, plugging old episodes because we're not putting out new ones. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, we've had a record amount of snowfall in Minnesota over the past month. It was the snowiest February ever. In the By tw- like in a the foot. <laughs> yeah. Fourth snowiest month in the history of Minnesota weather records. And I was sick all of last week. Voice was shit. I was tired. Plus, we, wa- we lost our last uh, movie episode. Yeah. We tried again today. Brett and I both looked again at Space Jam to see if we could get it to work, and no something, dice. Something something happened to it. I don't know. This damn Mojave upgrade I did. We might... Fucked it. We might tinker from time to time, put it out if we ever get it, but I don't think we'll ever be re-recording that. It was a good episode, though, but I don't know. Maybe the uh, people at the Genius Bar can help me out. Did you try restarting it? (laughs) (laughs) Did you unplug it and plug it back in? (laughs) But. But. What was I going to say? I don't know. So I watched that Michael Jackson documentary. Oh, yeah? Heard is a rough watch. Oh, my. It is graphic. He did that shit. (laughs) You're certain. I I think so. I liked the, uh, so the the first night, Twitter was like, I don't trust these guys. they full of shit. They've denied it in the past. And and then the second part just addressed all those questions. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thought it was believable. Well, you still have to take them at their word. I, you know, I surprised, thought. I haven't watched it yet, but it surprised me that the people that were dogging on them the first night changed their mind for the second night. I thought Twitter hashtag believes all victims. Yeah. Uh, apparently not if they're Michael Jackson. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, ooh, it, was, it was very detailed. But, you know, they, their stories were very similar uh, to each other's. They're also very similar to the accusers that actually took Michael Jackson to court. So how do you feel about this? How do you feel about what just happened? Horrified. Shocked. Horrified. Shocked. Three months ago, you were horrified. How do you feel now? Shocked. Horrified. Shocked. Horrified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sums it up. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, although I will say, 
it's it's weird thinking of Michael Jackson as a predator just because he's pretty mentally ill himself and guaranteed he was I know he was physically and verbally abused as a child and he was probably sexually abused and I know when he was a kid in the Jackson 5, he used to be in the hotel room while his brothers were banging groupies. So I can kind of see why he is a, he had a warped sense of reality. Yeah. But what he did to those kids is pretty fucked up. Yeah. And the, the way he groomed them and coached them and got them to keep the secret. And That's what's so weird about... I don't know, all of his victims, it seems like he went out of his way to, I guess, choose, I guess, kids that weren't in the limelight, because Macaulay Culkin and Corey Feldman, two kids that were young at the time, hung out with him a lot, and they always defend Michael Jackson, or at least say that, well, he never touched me, or exhibited any any of that behavior. Well, the thing, like, the two guys on the the documentary were uh so like the one won a a dance contest in australia to meet michael jackson and he was like a huge michael jackson fan and uh the other kid was in a commercial a pepsi commercial with michael jackson that's how they met and so and it was weird because they they both dressed like michael jackson so it was like he was diddling kids that looked like him but uh, the one grew up to be a pretty famous choreographer for like uh, NSYNC and Britney Spears and artists like that. And the other one kind of fell out of the limelight. But yeah, I can only think, you know, either Corey Feldman and Macaulay Culkin's parents just didn't let their kids sleep in Michael Jackson's bedroom because that's, that's kind of what he did. He, he uh, kind of lulled the parents and the family into a false sense of security. You know, he, he was one of the family. Mm-hmm. The, the one kid's mom said, well, he's just like my son. You know, so you get the feeling like, and he's so, you know, childlike. He always, that's what everybody says, you know, he's like mentally like stuck in his childhood because he never had one. Yeah. So, so you get this, you kind of forget that he's this older man and you're letting your kids sleep in uh, his bedroom. But that's, that's basically how it was. Like you. You hang out with these families, you you know, you're playing video games and eating candy and all this stuff and then you know, next thing you know, mom and dad are in the guest house across the way and the kid is up in Michael Jackson's bedroom having secrets. Yeah. That's the rumor. So I don't know. I, I mean with that many accusers with that consistent of a story. I don't know. It's you know, it's hard to deny it. I think it was the one kid who what accurately described his manhood, so to say, and trial. No, well, the the two on the I know it wasn't yeah. in this documentary, but previous trial. Yeah, or it could have been a deposition. I'm not sure. I forget which one that was. The first one, I think they dropped the charges and then they settled the civil suit for like 10 million dollars or 20 million dollars out of court uh and then the second one uh he michael jackson was acquitted based on the uh testimony of one of the guys in the documentary and macaulay culkin Mm -hmm. and so like that's kind of fucked up too yeah 
you know, to think that you couldn't deal with your own shit, so you let this molester get off uh, after abusing how many other kids. And that last one in uh, 03, when he got arrested, that that was the kid who had cancer who was in the Martin Bashir interview, mm-hmm. which I, I'll probably rewatch. I found it on YouTube. Let's see. Yeah, speaking of pedophiles, I'm going to be talking about Bohemian Rhapsody today, so we just got a, I guess, what do you call it, pedophilic <laughs> emphasis on today's episode? Ooh. Feel dirty already. Oh wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think I'm going to talk about a movie where they they removed a pedophile. So perfect. <laughs> Get some balance. Um. Yeah. This will just be a recently seen episode. For those of you new to the show, we have a rating system that is basically for the movie lover. Easiest to think of it as a five star rating system, but it's not. It's kind of geared towards, I guess, um, suggesting what movies you should watch first. So the yeah. best rating a movie could get is ASAP. You should watch this movie as soon as possible. Next one down, soonish. Middle rating is eventually. It goes down to last resort and then never. So eventually is kind of our universal stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. And just because we say eventually, you know, if it, the movie is currently in theaters. We always recommend that you see it in theaters because that's always the best place to watch a movie. You know, you you say that, and then like every time you talk about a movie you saw in the theater, it seems like it's the worst theater experience you've had. I have a lot of had, like, horrible theater experiences. You've had like three or four in the last year, I think. Yeah. It's usually for, I mean, there's certain movies, or I should say, there's certain movie theaters I get into for free Yeah, because of the theater I work at. And one of them, which plays a pretty wide range of films, usually has pretty terrible experiences. It's usually that theater. Is it like a anytime thing or is it like an opening weekend thing? That's an, usually an anytime thing because I don't go to too many opening night movies. Yeah. Last one I did was, I think, Halloween. And that was a horrible experience. At a, not that theater, is that... Uh, <laughs> It was at a Dolby Theater and an AMC. A Dolby Cinema. But usually when I see movies at like an AMC, I go to Southdale and it's usually pretty good there. Yeah. I usually don't have too many problems, which is you think it'd be the opposite because the, the theater I go to with so many problems is kind of an indie theater yeah. in Uptown that you think the clientele would be a little maybe more shut respectful. their mouths. Yeah. You know, I heard uh, the last episode that I wasn't on. Jones bitching me about me not going to the Alamo Theater. I don't even live in that town. <laughs> <laughs> You're close to it, though. It's, it's like a 15-minute drive. <laughs> oh, a 15-minute. <laughs> yeah, well, for us or for him, it's probably over and a half hour. To be fair, I have a I have a theater that's literally a mile and a half from where I live. Yeah. So AMC? I, yeah, so if I was going to go to a movie, I'd go to that one probably. Unless it's a classic one that, that I'd go see yeah. in Alamo, which I kind of want to do sometime, but I I just haven't haven't done it. Well, let's get into it. Uh, you want to go first or shall I? I think we'll each do three movies. I can go first. All righty. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? So my first one. 
is from 2017, and it's called All the Money in the World. <laughs> oh, that sweet Kevin Spacey movie that came out. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> it's uh, directed by Ridley Scott. Uh, it stars Michelle Williams, Christopher Plummer, Mark Wahlberg, uh, Romaine Duris, Timothy Hutton, Charlie Plummer. Timothy Hutton? He's from uh, Ordinary People, I believe. Yep. Also did something called Leverage on TNT. <laughs> he hasn't been in much <laughs> since in, Ordinary People. He was the, in The Good Shepherd. Ordinary People is 1980. I know. It's a long time ago. <laughs> I just know the name because I think he was nominated for Supporting Actor. He's been in a, a decent amount. Yeah, I can't remember, but I mean, that movie won Best Picture and it was a big deal in 1980, of course. Yep. But we watched that in one of my uh, high school psychology classes. Ooh. I remember being bored to tears. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are they talking? How many family dinners could we have? Mary Tyler Moore is just a diabolical bitch in that movie. <laughs> just like real life. Uh, Come on now. You know, she did a show in Minnesota. <laughs> There's a statue of her downtown. I know. Picture me and Jones at the, at said statue that is not on the website yet, but will be sometime. <laughs> all right. The synopsis, All the Money in the World, is the story of a, the kidnapping of 16-year-old John Paul Getty III and the desperate attempt by his devoted mother to convince his billionaire grandfather, John Paul Getty, to pay, to pay the ransom. Uh, this is just okay. Admittedly, I might have, uh, my opinion might have been swayed because I watched the FX series Trust before I watched this movie, Mm -hmm. and it's the same basic story. It's the same premise. However, uh, All the Money in the World is a pretty straightforward kidnapping movie. Uh, it gets right into it with, uh, the younger Getty, uh, getting kidnapped, and then Christopher Plummer is uh, his grandfather, who was the richest man in the world at the time. Um, and he he's a tightwad. He doesn't like to spend money unless it's uh, collector's items that he can write off on his taxes. <laughs> so most of the movie is, is uh, John Paul Getty III's mother trying to uh, basically rescue him from the kidnappers. Uh, and then Mark Wahlberg is, um, what the hell is his character's name? Fletcher Chase, who's a former, uh, like, uh, federal agent who kind of works personal security matters for John Paul Getty, okay. the older man. So it's, it's pretty straightforward. Like I said, the series Trust goes more into the conspiracy theories surrounding the, the kidnapping. Um, like there's rumors that. John Paul Getty III set it up himself, that it was like a fake. And then there's there's other little things in there that are, are that differ than, uh, from the movie All in the Bunny in the World. So um, I really, really liked the, the series Trust, All the Money in the World. It's just okay. Uh, Christopher, Christopher Plummer, I think, is inferior to Donald Sutherland as the old man. Uh, okay. 
So the movie, I, I'll give it a WTM last resort. All right. It's a last resort. But I will highly recommend the uh, the miniseries. So I would say check out Trust. You don't have to watch all the money in the world. All right. I wasn't really planning on it because it didn't interest me too much, but yeah, maybe check out that series sometime. Now, I will talk about the only film that was nominated for Best Picture this past year that I didn't see, which was Bohemian Rhapsody from 2018, directed by a real piece of shit named Brian Singer, starring Rami Malek, Lucy Boynton, uh, Gwillem Lee, Ben Hardy, Joseph Mazzello, Aidan Gillen, Alan Leach, Tom Hollander, and Mike Myers. It's weird seeing Mike Myers in a movie again. Who does he play? He plays Is he like the agent or something. Ray Foster. He's like uh, he's a he's a record executive. Okay. And I believe he's based off of somebody, but I think Ray Foster wasn't. I'd be that name and person didn't exist. It was based off of another an amalgamation. Pretty much. Is that, oh, is that what that word means? Uh, I noticed you used a lot of big words. Nice. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I started to put to use some of those new clips. <laughs> Could never use those when Jason was on the show. <laughs> Hi-oh. Hi-oh. I bet he doesn't even listen anymore. Jason, if you're listening, rate and review on iTunes and or Stitcher. <laughs> We're still making fun of you. <laughs> Um, give you the storyline here. I can't imagine what it's about. <laughs> the story of the legendary rock band Queen and lead singer Freddie Mercury leading up to their famous performance at Live Aid in 1985. Hmm. So this kind of goes through, I guess, his life story from about late teens to pretty much the Live Aid. I mean, obviously they allude to his death. Spoilers. <laughs> what? <laughs> if you didn't know, Freddie, what? Freddie Mercury died of AIDS, or I should say AIDS-related, uh, an AIDS-related disease he had the in HIV. 1991. He had the HIV. Yeah. Was it, uh, did they go into his uh, personal life enough for your liking? I know the trailer, the first trailer, <laughs> did not have enough gay scenes in it. Yeah, apparently people were in an uproar about that, and it was, Rami uh, Malek said, don't you worry, there's plenty of gay stuff in here. It was, a, it was offensive. I guess it was PG-13. Yeah. But there was still a decent amount of, you know, scenes dealing with his personal life. Because he kind of talks about being bisexual, but after he kind of turns the corner, it's, it's like there's no going back. <laughs> At least in terms of what they show in the movie. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know. I'm not an expert on what really happened in his personal life, but well, they, do, they do talk did about... Did he get married to a woman? He was married to a woman. That's what I... Yeah. Um, and then kind of the later years of his life spent with his his prominent lover of six or seven years. Yeah, I don't know the details. Kind of had a one... I mean, he had multiple partners and lovers, but mm-hmm. there was kind of one main one for the, I guess, the twilight of his life. Okay. So they touch on that. I mean, there's not a lot of scenes in the bedroom, so to say. I mean, this is a PG-13 movie, so yeah. you're not going to get that. And I wouldn't think that you you would expect that out of this movie, to be honest. I just wish this movie is rated R, actually, is what I wish. Because 
Because when you're going to show a, a rock band, especially Freddie Mercury, with the partying and the drugs and stuff that he did, uh, I mean, it gets to p- portray more accurately, I think, would require an R rating. If you want to make more of a crowd pleaser, yeah, then PG-13 is a route. It's not so much that they want to make a crowd pleaser, it's that they want to make more money because an R-rated movie is not going to make as much. Yeah, that's true. I wasn't expecting all that much. It got mediocre reviews, and it was always kind of a joke that it got nominated for Best Picture and that it won the Golden Globe for Best Picture Comedy or Musical. Yeah, that's that's weird. So I wasn't too excited. I love Queen, but I don't know. I wasn't all pumped to see it, especially with the allegations against Brian Singer. Mm-hmm. Um, read that story in The Atlantic about him or check out a documentary called An Open Secret, which is free on Vimeo. It'll open up your eyes a little bit to Brian Singer and some of what else goes on in Hollywood. I mean, Rami Malek is great as Freddie Mercury. The music is terrific. For me, I loved it, of course. Yeah, you kind of... Expect that going in. That yep. If anything, you're going to like the music. So I would say Rami Malek, you know, he won Best Actor for this, and I wouldn't poo-poo that at all. He did a great job. It's got to be tough acting through an entire movie with, uh, what do you what do you want to call it? Well, fake teeth, but... Or horse teeth. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you call it like a... It's not makeup. It's almost like a prop, prop teeth that... I'm sure it was glued into his mouth somehow. Oh, yeah, yeah probably. But that's got to be tough because it kind of gives him a little bit of a lisp. Well, did Freddie have a lisp? I don't know. Not really sure. I don't know if I just kind of Freddie Mercury talk, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, I mean, I expect more of a music or band biopic. Like I said, strong performances. He wasn't the only good performance. There were still interesting things in it. It isn't obviously accurate to a T. They move a lot of things around to kind of help make it more of a movie. Yeah. To kind of create a little more drama in the band than, than what there was in real life. That's one of the things that I don't really like about biopics, mm-hmm. especially about like uh, people that I kind of know their story about beforehand is because... Like, if you know the actual stories, those things that they dramatize or change for dramatic effect, you're like, what the... That's not how that happened. Yeah. And so you kind of have that in your mind, and it kind of ruins it for you. At least for me, watching that stuff. So, I mean, a movie like this, I'm not going to buy it. I did enjoy it for the most part. um, And I will give it an eventually. Eventually. I think the music and Rami Malek's performance make it a worthwhile watch. All right. My next movie is from 2010, Toy Story 3. Ooh, never seen that before, huh? No, it was the first time. I saw the first two in the theater. Ooh. The first one, I was like eight. Mm-hmm. So I really liked that. Second <laughs> one, not so much. Didn't really care for the second one. Uh, Toy Story 3 is directed by Lee Unkrich, and it stars Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Joan Cusack, Ned Beatty, Don Rickles, Michael Keaton, Wallace Shawn, John Ratzenberger, Estelle Harris, John Morris, Jody Benson, 
and a lot of other people. Too many to name. Synopsis. The toys are mistakenly delivered to a daycare center instead of to the attic right before Andy leaves for college. That's a real simplification. And it's up to Woody to convince the other toys that they weren't abandoned and to return home. This movie was terrifying. <laughs> Have you seen this? It's Of course. It's one of the scarier movies I've seen in a while. And I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> There's some dark scenes in here. Oh my, it's intense. <laughs> I did I did really enjoy it though. It's it's a lot better than the second one. I don't it's hard to beat the first. So the first one is definitely geared towards more of a younger audience, and I think this one is geared towards the people that saw that first one when they were kids. Yep. It's a bit of a nostalgia factor. A little and bit. And it's Andy is moving on with his life. He's going to college. It's kind of the, the next step in yeah. him and the audience's lives. It's definitely... Uh, the, Passing it down to the next generation, yeah, the, so to say. The theme is definitely, you know, when you uh, what to do when you, you've outgrown a relationship and what, what happens next. Mm-hmm. The main antagonist is... Uh, it's a purple bear, and he is scary. Holy shit. <laughs> I thought it was a horror movie. Like, there were multiple scenes where I was like, is this a fucking horror movie? What the hell? I thought this was Toy Story. This is, this is rated G? <laughs> you little kids watch this? But anyways, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the scenes at the daycare center, uh, there, there's one scene where... Uh, they get put into the room with the very young children, mm-hmm. and they're not aware that that's where they're at. <laughs> so when those two and three year olds come in, they are violent with those toys. Yep. And knowing that the toys are alive, you feel for them, and it's very frantically shot too, like uh, that scene specifically. So, uh, and then there's other scenes later in the movie that get very dark. But overall, uh, it's very well written. The voice acting is great. The story is really, really good. And I thought it was fantastic. I'm going to say WTM Soonish. Soonish. All right. Next movie I'm going to talk about is a documentary from 2018 called Three Identical Strangers. Have you heard of this one? Yeah. Directed by Tim Wardle. Uh, starring, or I should say, the cast is composed of uh, Robert Schaffron, uh, Michael Domnitz, Howard Schneider, Ellen Cervone, Alan Lux, David Kelman, Hetty Page. Storyline In 1980, New York, three young men who were all adopted meet each other and find out they're triplets who were separated at birth but their quest to find out why turns into a bizarre and sinister mystery. So this was a pretty interesting documentary. Uh, did you buy that or did you watch it somewhere else? No, I saw it on Hulu. Okay. You and your Hulu. Once you found out you had Hulu, just everything's Hulu. <laughs> had it for free. <laughs> so I went on there. There's a bunch of stuff I just started adding. That's, a, that's what I would do, but I don't have Hulu. Yeah. But you got all the other movie I, channels. I have pretty much everything else, though. Yeah. This was a national phenomenon in the 80s, come to find out. 
When I when I saw that movie advertised, I didn't realize it was a documentary right away. I mm-hmm. thought it was a theatrical, like fictional story. Yeah. The it, truth is sometimes stranger than fiction, Brett. But, but a documentary is <laughs> just even more amazing. Yeah. So a kid goes to college. All these people are coming up to him like, hey, Eddie, said you weren't coming back this year. You know, welcome back. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm not Eddie. And people are coming up and hugging him and kissing him. And finally, somebody's like, figures out that he's not Eddie. He goes, hold on a second. He calls the actual Eddie. And he said it was like, the guy, uh, David, this is the second brother's name. Sounded like I was talking to myself over the phone. We found out we had the same birthday. We were born in the same hospital. We were both adopted. So they come to find out that they were separated at birth. And there's a big story in the paper. Mm-hmm. And someone else says, uh, my friend looks just like these two guys. <laughs> and so through the newspaper story, a third brother is found. So you find out that. Yes, triplets were separated at birth and were uh, adopted by different families. And that's about where I'll quit with the story. That's where the, I guess some of the mystery has to mm-hmm. unravel. This is a story kind of about nature versus nurture. Yeah. So you get, it has that angle to it. Pretty fascinating story. Uh, I expected a little more, but that's probably because the, story itself is so fascinating right. you, know, you find out all this stuff in the first 10 minutes or so and well how's it going to top that and like, well mm-hmm. it doesn't but pretty hard to top something like that yeah. so some people might want more resolution but it's also part of the mystery right there's definitely enough i think and it's a documentary like what mm-hmm. you, you can only you can't make something up <laughs> you can only go with what you got yeah but it's pretty fascinating uh, learning about their life in New York in the 80s, even into the 90s as well. But, uh, yeah, I will give this movie an eventually. Eventually. My third movie from 2016. That's, can you believe it? Three movies from the last 10 years? I know. Last decade? Crazy. Swiss Army Man. Shocked. Horrified. <laughs> Swiss Army Man. Directed by Dan Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Uh, and stars Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in there also. But uh, it's basically just uh, Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe for most of the movie. Uh, synopsis. A, hob- a hopeless man. Stranded on a deserted island befriends a dead body, and together they go on a surreal journey to get home. Boy, do they. It's like a make-your-own-adventure of Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. <laughs> and it's... I haven't seen it yet, but that from the trailer, that's what it seemed like. Kind what of. Bernie it, was alive? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a very surreal story. Very uh, unique, I'd say quirky is a good descriptor. It's hard to to talk about it without spoiling a lot of the stuff. Um, stylistically, it reminded me of, I don't know if you remember, uh, last year I talked about a movie called Brigsby Bear. Yep. And stylistically, it, it reminded me of that. And I really enjoyed Brigsby Bear. This movie is is really good. I, w- I would say it's pr- maybe not as good as Brigsby Bear, but mm-hmm. um, it's... 
it's like is it very surreal type of story very unconventional um very imaginative and so uh you know it's it's because of that that i i really enjoyed it um i had heard a lot of good things about it and it maybe didn't quite meet my those expectations but uh it's still definitely worth your worth your time to watch so i would say eventually for swiss army man eventually all right i guess i'm gonna switch gears and go back to 1988 oh usually it's you doing this right that's usually one of my newer ones (laughs) yeah watched a new release this past week from 1991 (laughs) (laughs) to be fair i i I almost did crush groove which is 85 okay but uh a good thing I got the 80s in here. I might tweet out some of the other movies that I watched since the last episode with uh, with ratings. I did that after the last one we did, so yeah. hopefully people are enjoying that. <laughs> the Positively Wolfy <laughs> 1? Wolf 1? Positively Wolf 1. There you go. Get those extra ratings from That's Brett. That's right. I've been shouting out the the podcasts that i've uh discovered recently too so you've been spamming people i on, hope yeah <laughs> on twitter yeah if you're asking for podcast recommendations i'm telling you <laughs> listen, listen to this one one guy asked for uh he says i need uh recommendations for bad movie podcasts and i i didn't know if he meant podcasts about bad movies or mm-hmm. Bad podcasts. Bad podcasts <laughs> that movies. talk about movies. And this one's kind of both. <laughs> yeah. It's the best of both worlds. So I think it's a win-win, no matter which one you're looking for. Like I said, I'm going back to 1988 because I saw The Accused. Oh, the sex comedy, The Accused? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> real that's, real that's, romp. That's a Borat <laughs> reference. <laughs> you ever see Borat where... I don't know if it was in the movie, but... Uh, I don't think it's in the movie. I think it might be in the movie. I don't know. But there was a recurring thing with uh, the Borat character where he would start talking about American movies that they got in Kazakhstan. <laughs> and he would be like, we love this movie and that movie. And the sex comedy of the accused. <laughs> and it's not a comedy. That's the joke. Yeah. It's very serious. Yeah. It uh, was directed by Jonathan Kaplan. Stars Kelly McGillis, Jodie Foster, who won Best Actress for this, Bernie Coulson, Leo Rossi, Anne Hearn, Carmen Argenziano, Steve Anton, Tom O'Brien, Peter Van Norden, and Terry David Mulligan. I'm trying to think now how the first time I watched that, if it was, if I rented it or... Just a nice quiet night by yourself <laughs> to rent the accused. Because I had a criminology class in high school where we watched movies like that, but I don't think we watched that one. I watched this off of HBO. It might have come up. She might, My teacher might have mentioned it as something that she's shown in the past. No, wait. I actually, I watched this on Hulu. <laughs> it might also be on HBO. I can't remember. But I forget. I forget if I had watched it before or after I saw it on Borat. I think okay. I, I I think I might have rented it after I heard Borat mention it a few times. You're like, oh, I gotta check out the sex comedy. <laughs> it's gonna be a blast. Eighty sex comedies are the best. So the storyline 
After a young woman suffers a brutal gang rape in a bar one night, a prosecutor assists in bringing the perpetrators to justice, including the ones who encouraged and cheered on the attack. It's on a pinball machine. Yes. Which was... South Park parody. Is the South Park parody did it. It was... Uh, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg raping Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the many times that they, they did imaginary rape scenes. Yeah, they did three film parody rape scenes. They did that one. They did Deliverance. And what was the other one? Uh, um, I don't remember what the other one was. I forget, but they did scenes from three movies to great comedic effect. Yeah. <laughs> I think this one, uh, Lucas was doing it and Spielberg was cheering him on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, back to the movie, which is no laughing matter. Uh, yeah, this one, it starts out right into it. Opening credits are scrolling over the bar. Um, pretty soon, Jodie Foster busts out of there running and screaming. There's a, there's a witness that was on the phone nearby trying to call for help. Jodie Foster gets in a hitchhiker. Or she gets in some guy's truck who takes her to the hospital. But, uh, yes, she is brutally raped and beaten. And she's kind of a, her character's pretty down on her luck. Outsiders would probably call her white trash because she lives in a trailer. And mm. she likes to have fun with her friends, sing and dance and drink, party, whatever, smoke weed. So especially at this time in America, all that stuff is looked down upon or she's made to look like, you know, she's asking for it, that type of thing. Mm. The way she dresses, you know, smoking weed and drinking and the way she was dancing, stuff like that. So it, it was pretty relevant to today's culture even. Obviously, the goalposts have moved a little bit yeah. in terms of what constitutes all those sorts of things. But uh I thought it was pretty eye-opening in terms of looking at the process as a whole. What do you need to do to make a case? What do you have to do to actually convict people of rape? What are the deals that are made? You know, sometimes witnesses don't always want to, you know, get up on the witness stand. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure I would either. Uh, so sometimes that makes rape cases harder to prove and plea deals are taken. But this one is pretty... Interesting in that she went on the people that were cheering on, yeah, encouraging it. That's one of the big things about that movie is they they went after they showed that if you don't stop it, you can still be culpable. Yep, and I found that to be pretty fascinating looking at that angle of it. Well, they didn't participate. Yeah, but, they didn't participate. But they were but, in a position to to step in, and they chose not to. And in fact, they did the opposite. They encouraged and cheered on. You could almost say helped. Yeah. But yeah, Jodie Foster is terrific in here. Kelly McGillis is great as well. Uh, I will give this a soonish. Soonish. It is a bit of a tough watch, though. Mm-hmm. They uh, go over the rape in detail at the end of the movie. If you're into uh, like legal dramas, mm-hmm. it's right up your alley. Yeah, it's not one you're going to want to watch over and over again. Like, oh, I love the soundtrack in this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's Yeah, it's really heavy, but uh, I would agree with Soonish. All right. Well, I think that'll about do it. Today's Wednesday the 6th, and I think we're going to post this episode tonight, and then tomorrow we're going to record 
an episode on Natural Born Killers, a breakdown. I like, to, I like to call Natural Born Killers one of my favorite romantic comedies. <laughs> that nice and, nice uh, rom-com. That and uh, True Romance are probably my two favorite romantic comedies. There you go. Yeah, this will kick off our, what do you want to call it, our feature on media and culture. Yeah. We're going to analyze the relationship between corrupt media and corrupt culture. and One doesn't exist without the other whatnot Mm -hmm. so stay tuned for that Um, other than that follow us on twitter at watch this underscore movie you can follow follow brett call me at at uh positively wolf one there you go uh email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com and please rate and review subscribe on itunes and or stitcher Feel free to add us. Yeah. We're on uh, plenty of other podcast apps as well. Mm-hmm. Just search WTM, watch this movie, and we'll probably show up. But uh, other than that, we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Bye. Man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. Hey, man, you off my case.